You're listening to the Super Talk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Super Talk. My name is Gary West and I'm the Senior Manager, Media and Communications with AIST. I'm joined by Letitia Webster, Head of Sustainability for Private Investing at Goldman Sachs Asset Management. And today we'll be discussing ESG integration in private markets and impact measurement. Letitia, thanks for joining. Now you worked at VF Corporation before joining Goldman Sachs Asset Management. How has your experience inside a corporate organization prepared you and informed your perspective as you work within private markets at Goldman Sachs Asset Management today? Well, hi, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Gary. Um, lovely to be here. You know, I actually started at the North Face back in 2000 when it was a relatively small brand. We had just been acquired by VF, which was a large holding company that owns um, and acquires brands like North Face, um, Vans, Timberland, Nautica, Wrangler. Um, and, you know, we, they acquire brands based on their growth trajectories and their ability to add value through, you know, their, their platforms um, like supply chain enhancements and marketing, sustainability, finance, and global platforms. Um, this is pretty synergistic you know, with how we think about private markets as well, especially within Goldman Sachs. Um, and so we think about, you know, private equity more specifically, we focus on, you know, value creation through the life of the investment. Um, but I did North Face from 2000 to about 2010 and then, um, and started their sustainability program in 2004 and really started leaning into their supply chain work and thinking about their products and materials and the environmental issues associated with those. And once I got that up and going, I was asked to um, move to VF, the parent company, in 2010 to focus and ramp up their sustainability efforts and actually build their platform on kind of enterprise, global enterprise-wide level. So I really focused on creating and supporting all of the, the tools, um, helping the brands, developing all the supply chain, and really thinking about where can we have some of those quick wins um, in developing a sustainability program. Um, you know, we faced many, many issues um, that the industry faces today. When I started there, we literally had no zero, no data, like zero data. There was nothing. We had no idea what our energy loads were, our waste, or anything at all. And so we had to quickly figure out how do we collect, how do we collect that information to support our global teams and setting energy reduction goals and targets and identifying you know, the specific actions that we could take to help them reduce their footprint across our distribution centers, manufacturing, our retail stores, all of our offices. We also worked very closely, you know, in developing, um, working on, you know, energy management systems, conducting energy audits at our distribution center, working with our brands to help them think about life cycle assessments for their materials. So what was the actually environmental implications of the materials they were choosing for their footwear, you know, be it leather, or rubber or their cotton or their polyester or what have you. Um, and then we, you know, also worked a lot with industry groups. So we were VF, um, we were one of the founding members of the Sustainable Apparel Coalition and the HIG Index, and really trying to bring and coalesce the industry together on common frameworks and common metrics. We realized at the time there was a proliferation of surveys going out to our suppliers, surveys going out from retailers asking for all different kinds of questions, and we needed to coalesce 
on some really specific ways of measuring progress for the apparel and footwear industry. And that's a really important piece that we see today. And we can speak about later um, around how do we coalesce around common frameworks? Um, because what happens is it was this proliferation of, of questionnaires and frameworks. And it really took a lot of time um, of our teams to answer all of that. And it took the eye off the ball of really trying to actually make the improvements we needed to make within our brands to help our suppliers be better suppliers and reducing our environmental impact. So, you know, that was a lot of the work. We really um, worked a lot with the brands in terms of developing that cadence of an approach of like, how do we develop a strategy? How do we set targets? How do we support teams, develop tools? Um, and then how do we report on it? And which frameworks were we going to report on? And then I also helped kind of at the corporate level, really think about the governance and, you know, how are we accountable for sustainability at the board level? Um, you know, what does it look like in terms of setting targets at the corporate level? How do we, you know, communicate to our investors um, all of our sustainability efforts and the value that it's adding? And how do we create best practices and write policies? So we wrote policies on, you know, deforestation and our cotton policy and, um, you know, and conflict minerals. And so really thinking about how do we actually embed that into the culture of, of the company as well. And so I think as we look at now my role um, at, at um, Goldman Sachs is actually very much the same in, 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 in many ways. And so um, as the head of sustainability for the private markets division, I'm developing the platform. Um, right. So thinking about the governance, um, thinking about data collection, thinking about the right policies, thinking how we want to embed sustainability into our investing practices and how are we going to differentiate in the market and support our clients in developing, you know, sustainable strategies and helping them support them on what they need to accomplish and then helping our portfolio companies um, actually with the tools that they need to actually measure greenhouse gases and, and help reduce their energy footprint, um, think about more sustainable materials, develop their own policies, um, set targets, think about reporting. So it really actually is a very similar platform um, you know, to, to leverage. And I think it's been really interesting to see a lot of the similarities um, between you know, um, the work that I did at VF and now the work that I'm doing at Goldman Sachs um, in the private markets division. So it's it's kind of a nice nice parallel and, and, and really a great opportunity to leverage you know, all the learnings that I had over the last almost 20 years at a public publicly held corporation. Is I think the most important thing that, that I took away from the work at VF was that it was it was truly like truly block and tackle work. We had to roll up our sleeves and literally get dirty. We had to go into the manufacturing um, locations and plants. We had to get into our supply chain. I had to travel literally around the world. I had to get into distribution centers and, and look at where the waste streams were happening, where the energy loads were happening. What was our wastewater treatment plant processes? It's not fancy work at all. It's very pragmatic in the weeds work. And it's about supporting our teams on the ground and doing that. And I think that's a really important piece that I can bring to Goldman Sachs and the private markets division. And just to, I think the overall financial sector is understanding that even though our acronyms and our language have gotten very sophisticated, you know, at the end of the day, it's, this is really about getting on the ground and reducing your energy and, you know, reducing your carbon footprint, using more sustainable materials and improving people's lives. And I think that's one of the most important pieces that we have to remember, even when we get up to very high analytics of trying to think about, you know, the, you know, 
carbon intensity or the average weighted carbon intensity of our portfolios or whatever that might be, that really it's about on the ground block and tackling expertise and practices that we can, you know, support our teams on um, and just doing the basic work. And I think that's a really important piece that I learned um, well, what VF that hopefully I can bring to, to Goldman and, and to our portfolio companies as well. Within Goldman Sachs Asset Management, what's the philosophy and approach to sustainability and ESG integration? So, you know, I didn't know this as much until I came in, you know, um, um, to, to Goldman Sachs, but we have a really long history and they've really been out on the forefront of, of so much of this work. We were one of the first banks um, to develop an environmental policy framework in 2005. Um, you know, we launched GS Sustain in 2007, which incorporates ESG criteria into the kind of the fundamental analysis of companies to identify long-term outperformers. In 2015, we were the first of our peers to reach carbon neutrality. And we recently um, set a goal of achieving 750 billion in sustainable financing um, and investing over the next 10 years by 2030. And we just signed on to the Net Zero Banking Alliance and are setting net zero goals for 2050. And so we've really been out actually kind of on the forefront of, of all of this. Um, and so we, we're, we're committed, I think, as a firm to doing this work. I think when it comes to how we work with our clients, we absolutely recognize that everyone is in varying positions on their own sustainability journeys. We, we really seek to serve as a strategic advisor in that capacity, helping them as they navigate this process. There's a lot of questions out there of how to do this, how to do it in a, in a, in a very thoughtful way, in a very impactful way, but in a way that also ensures the fiduciary responsibility that the clients have um, to their to their own clients. And so we really help them try and identify these um, emerging investment themes and to help them ultimately, ultimately deploy capital into those thematics. I think one of the um, exciting things that ha happened most recently as well was we recently formed the Sustainable Investment Group in 2020 as part of the Private Markets Division, which is part of the firm's platform for direct impact investing into private markets. Um, and we focus on climate and environmental environmentally related opportunities um, in waste and materials, in sustainable food and agriculture, ecosystem services, clean energy, and sustainable transport. That's, those are the main themes that we invest we invest in. And um, you know, the group is really about leveraging and deepening the firm's broader efforts to integrate ESG across all of those themes and to find those solutions that exist. Um, out there. And so really thinking about it from an impact perspective of how can we actually invest in the solutions that are actually helping to uh, facilitate the transition to a more sustainable economy and a more sustainable market. Um, and so when it comes to ESG integration within asset management, I think the, the things that we do think about, especially with working with our portfolio companies, is there's really three kind of value drivers that we consider. The first is around risk mitigation. So how can we help our companies reduce and mitigate the risks that we see through a sustainability lens? So that is around, you know, supply chain risks. Where is there environmental issues that um, could, you know, rear their head if not addressed properly, appropriately, or even worker issues and making sure that we're addressing those as much as possible, putting the right policies and governance in place to mitigate any of the, any risks that could um, be existing out there. We also talk about operational 
um, risks and from an operational perspective. And that's really about reducing your costs. So again, it goes back to reducing your energy load. You know, energy and waste don't have to be fixed costs. Um, it's really about going in and being smart and putting in the right, you know, the right activities like, um, uh, you know, better lighting systems, improving your HVAC system, you know, renewable energy. There's so many different things that companies can do um, to reduce their energy costs. And that just helps at the end of the day. Um, and then innovation. And the third is, is really about the value creation piece of it. And so we really work with our companies to think about their own business models and their product and services, and how can they put a sustainability lens on them? And ideally that's engaging one, it's creating better impact, right? So they're reducing their impact by bringing innovation in, um, sustainability in, um, to those products, but it's also about how do they engage new consumers or clients with, with that messaging and with those products. We know consumers and client and consumers and customers care deeply about this, especially the younger generation. And so we want to make sure our portfolio companies are relevant in the marketplace. And so helping them think about how to do that um, very strategically is also kind of a big piece in, in terms of how we're thinking about our approach to sustainability. Okay. In your role with the business, how are you working with your portfolio companies on their plans for sustainability and the climate transition? And how do you help them add value from an ESG perspective? The one the, the one surprise for me joining the private markets uh, division was that private companies have completely flown under the radar compared to public companies, right? So I was part of a public company for a long time and a consumer-facing brand. And so we have undergone huge amounts of scrutiny in the marketplace. Um, and so, you know, turning to private markets, you know, they really, you know, people have not been focused on asking them around about their overall ESG performance. And so many of these companies, we are, we are often the first investors to ask for this ESG data and ask them to perform, you know, detailed ESG and climate assessments of part of our diligence. Um, there's a real desire, I think, from the industry and from the, you know, the financial sector to run fast and go from zero to 100. But again, we have to consider the company's digestive capacity and where they are on their sustainability journey. Um, we seek to meet the companies where they are. Um, they're often much smaller than public companies and don't have many resources. And they're typically under considerable pressure to grow their business. This means that a successful approach needs to address the material issues in a pragmatic manner and focus on increasing value through advancing sustainability. And so, you know, it's important to recognize that ESG risks and identify those operating practices that can be unsustainable and therefore driving up costs. So we have to really focus on, again, thinking about, you know, really um, looking at the risk mitigants. So thinking about what are the material issues for that sector? What are the material issues for that specific, that specific company? And making sure we're addressing those throughout the due diligence. And when we find those ones that we can think we can mitigate, then they need to be put into the 100-day plan and we need to manage and monitor those. And, you know, we're also bringing in different tools. So we're in the process of creating all kinds of tools for our companies, we have ESG data collection tools. We're doing webinars to help educate them on the types of data they need to collect, why they need to collect it, where they need to collect it. We're bringing in greenhouse gas accounting tools to help them actually collect their scope one, two, and three emissions, and then help them set um, targets to help them, you know, reduce those carbon emissions. We're helping them think about their reporting practices 
um, and which frameworks they should report against. So for instance, like a SASB, a GRI, a CDP, and some of that's based on who are their clients. So if they have big corporate clients who are in the public markets and those corporate clients are reporting to GRI or CDP, we want to make sure our portfolio companies are actually providing information and the data that those clients need. So we want to be a good you know, service provider. We also want to make sure that they're providing that data and reporting on it for the next le- the next investor. And so preparing them for any kind of exit and ensuring they have all the reporting you know, practices in place. They have good governance in place. We help them build policies and making sure that they're able to you know, activate against those as well. Um, so really just trying to kind of wrap our arms around them, build a platform for them to leverage and to lean into. Um, and so they don't have to build all of these tools. We, we, we build the tools in house and then we help scale them, you know, with our, with our, um, portfolio companies. And so we think that adds a tremendous amount of value because it doesn't have to be one-off, right? We're creating all those tools for them to leverage. And finally, the the lack of clear industry alignment around impact measurement is one of the biggest challenges that, uh, asset allocators are facing as they seek to invest in impact strategies. With the proliferation of climate frameworks and standards, how should investors approach this? And where is the starting point for impact measurement? It's, this is one of my favorite, favorite topics, frankly. Um, like, I, like I mentioned before, um, you know, the public markets were under a lot of scrutiny for years and there was proliferation of frameworks and surveys and questionnaires. And we pushed down a lot of that to our suppliers and there was real supplier survey fatigue. And they started pushing back because frankly, they said, listen, all we're doing is responding to surveys and we are not able to actually get the work done. And I feel that that is a little bit what's happening now in the finance sector is so many people are putting different DDQs together and surveys and questionnaires and data collection methods. And I, and I respect all of that. And I understand the need for information, but there are really good frameworks out there already that have, we've spent decades building. So GRI, CDP, you know, SASB, TCFD, all of these are really thoughtful tools that we can report against. And so I think that's a really important piece for our industry to start coming together and understanding that some of them are are a little more nascent than others, but there's an opportunity to lean in on those current frameworks and help shape them, help build them, help make them more robust. And I think that's probably the most important piece here is that the key to the industry's success will be found in how we all can work together to align on these common metrics and the methodologies. And we, we totally recognize and appreciate and, and engage in, um, you know, things like the Net Zero Asset Management Alliance. And we're, we're partnering with IIGCC on the private equity guidance of that. Um, we're committed to, you know, the principles around SASB, GRI, TCFD. We're committed to ILPA's data convergence effort where we're aligning on six core metrics that we will be asking every portfolio company for, and we will be providing to every LP on. So it's really about thinking about what do we want to accomplish at the end of the day? And I think it's about improving our environmental, social, and economic performance and really creating positive impact. In in order to do that, we have to be able to help our portfolios on the ground in very pragmatic ways, actually doing the hard work. 
And so time spent responding to survey asks is an opportunity cost towards spending time, you know, deploying the right capital and, and actually providing the tools to actually get this work done that we so desperately need. So I think, you know, I understand the need for, you know, everyone has bespoke interests and questions and stuff like that. And, and I get that. Um, but I think it would it, it behooves our industry to truly come together and align around a couple of these frameworks and then and stick to the frameworks and ask your GPs, ask your portfolio companies the same questions up and down kind of that value chain. And I think we're really going to make progress a lot faster um, than just filling out, you know, form after form. So hopefully we can converge on a number of these things and we can all begin really aligning on some of these key frameworks that are already um, out there for us to use. That's all for this episode of Super Talk. Thanks to Letitia Webster of Goldman Sachs Asset Management. For more episodes of Super Talk and for more information on the work of the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, visit our website at aist.asn.au and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast.